Welcome to episode 157 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. So Brian, I really dug the conversation we had with Chris Coivisto, manager of digital content for the Portland Trailblazers. We dished about how the Blazers recently won Digital Innovators of the Year Award from the NBA. We talk about their principles for fan engagement, plus how they market Damian Lillard and his rap career. Yeah, and I think what's very interesting to me too is they are very much pushing the the boundary and that walking that fine line between snarkiness and fun and really maybe going a little bit over the top. We talked to him about their little April Fool's joke that they played um, that got caught on and people took it seriously, which was pretty awesome. And then we also talked about, you know, I guess you could call it a fail or maybe a lesson learned um, on Twitter about how pushing a little bit too far in that boundary and the NBA actually recently did a pushback because of that, which was just in the last week. So this is really good, full, chock full of great information, and he was super open. Let's listen in. I'd like to welcome Chris Coivisto, manager of digital content for the Portland Trailblazers, to the show. Chris, I wanted to say first, shout out to CJ McCollum's game winner versus the Mavs the other day. Uh, that was pretty badass. Yeah, man, CJ, uh, he's been due. Damian gets a lot of the game winners and game-winning attempts, and uh, CJ kind of, uh, he was waiting his turn, and uh, he stepped up to the plate big time. So the Blazers recently won the Digital Innovators of the Year Award for the NBA. First off, congratulations on that. But secondly, can you tell us a little bit more about what you guys did to earn that title? Sure. So the uh, Digital Innovator of the Year, it's kind of a um, – a vague title that we, you know, it sounds pretty, you know, specialized within the marketing world, but within digital, it's kind of vague. Uh, what uh, the NBA does every year is they send out a, um, a poll or, uh, you know, a voting uh, sheet where they ask every team to vote for, uh, you know, their top three teams, uh, excluding themselves, uh, who they see as kind of setting the bar and digital uh, and social, and um, you know we did uh, we did ours. We voted, so I know how that system looks. And uh, what we did here uh, is everyone that, that has a hand in, in our digital department kind of wrote down their their top three, and we tallied them up and sent them back to the league. So I assume that's something that they did, uh, you know, at all the other 29 teams. And it was pretty cool, you know. It's we've uh, we've been recognized for uh, you know a few things during my time here at the Blazers, and. Uh, being able to to have your peers say that you know you're doing something right, uh, it's really cool because we're really critical of each other and we we all look at what each other uh, are doing, and it's uh, it's nice to be recognized. So they they named three teams, uh, and the other two teams were Sacramento and Milwaukee. They didn't really say who was first, second, or third, but we're grouped in that in that top three, um, and we were also uh, named in the top three last year. So it's two years in a row. It's pretty cool. So let's talk about what you guys are doing right. What are your principles for engagement? How are you guys digital innovators in what you guys do? So that, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back. Uh, back in 2012, um, we had a, uh, a regime shift where, uh, you know, our, our president of the company, uh, he moved back to, uh, to Brand Jordan where he was the president there. So we kind of had this, uh, this, this hole to fill in leadership. And uh, Paul Allen, our owner, uh, 
landed on a guy named Chris McGowan, who was the president uh, of AEG Sports and, you know, handled pretty much everything they do down in, in L.A. for the, the Kings and the L.A. Galaxy. And when Chris got up here, he kind of he changed a lot of things. But the most uh, the most impactful thing he did in, in you know my world was he brought a guy named Dwayne Hankins, who was uh, he, he did digital for him. I don't know exactly what his title was, but he was brought in as our VP of marketing. And what's kind of cool about that is if if, uh, if you guys remember the first pro sports uh, Twitter account to really have like some personality and you know kind of uh, you know be edgy and, and talk talk trash kind of to other teams was the LA Kings back in 2011 ish when they uh, I don't know exactly when they won the Stanley Cup but when they were in that their prime. And Dwayne was the man that they kind of started all that, and that was his uh, that was his you know brainchild. So he brought that mentality with him to Portland, and kind of expected everybody here to to follow that same blueprint. So we're able to kind of take a different voice and tone on social, um, which you know it, it's a gift and a curse. You know, we uh, it makes things a little bit harder to uh, you know when you're towing the line. It's, it's you know, sometimes you can go too far, and then if you're not going far enough, your fans kind of expect you to be a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, engaging with other teams and other entities. Uh, so on social, it, uh, it's fine. We have a long leash, uh, which has been brought up in, in, <laughs> in publications lately as far as NBA teams and social. But, uh, so that's the social side. But then we also have uh, another uh, kind of wing of, of digital where they are – you know, our, our innovators, they're the ones that kind of push the envelope as far as, you know, bringing in new technology, whether it's VR, uh, 360 video, beacons, apps, stuff like that. So we're able to, you know, kind of have a group of people focus on content and social and engagement. And then also another team that's really just thinking uh, progressively towards the future. And we collaborate really well and we fit seamlessly in with uh, the, the, the marketing group as a whole. So there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of us that do a lot of different things. But uh, when you put all of us together, it's a pretty bad machine. Chris, um, you hit on two things that I wanted to dig a little deeper on. And the first one is towing that line with the voice on social media. So I'd love to maybe get a, you know, a, a good example for the audience that where you really pushed the boundaries and saw a lot of success and then maybe one where it went a little too far or was perceived as going a little too far and, and how you reacted to that. Sure. Um, so this is my third season uh, being kind of the, the voice of the Blazers social. And, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I've been with the team. This is my 10th season. So my first seven seasons I was in PR. So that really helped kind of give me a good, uh, I guess, gut and kind of a good strong sense of, you know, what's okay and what's not and, you know, kind of policing. Because I used to be the one that would tell digital, like, hey, guys, you guys, are, you know, that's a little too far. That's, that's off brand. That's off topic. Um, but now being in the, in the position where, um, you know, we're the, we're the ones where we want to push the envelope. It started off, it was a little bit of a learning curve. Um, but once I kind of settled in, uh, it, it got to be really fun. And, uh, I, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of different examples to point to. Um, one, one that was pretty successful, um, that wasn't perceived as, uh, you know, that nobody, <laughs> we've, we've done a lot of things that they've kind of gotten under people's skin, but one that didn't get any, underneath anybody's skin and still got a lot of attention was uh, April Fool's Day 
2015, I believe. We had uh, we have a, a badass designer named Brian Matzat, and what he did, uh, what our, our whole gag was, was that you know the Moda Center, our, our home arena, was going to be the first NBA arena to have a retractable roof, like they do in you know in football and, and, and baseball. And you know the rub there is that if we live in Portland and it, it rains, you know, 13 months out of the year, so that's that's impossible. It's stupid, right? But our designer was so good that he he created this this rendering based on a, a you know an aerial shot and then a 3D model that really looked like you know uh, an arena with a retractable roof. So we put that out there on social on April Fool's Day, and even though it's April Fool's Day, everyone's prepared for you know gags and, and, and things over the top like that. You know, we still had freaking local news reporters calling our PR department and asking us, you know, you know, if we had a statement on it, you know, asking the company, like, for more information <laughs> on that. So uh, it was pretty funny. That night we had a game and the local news, once they figured out that we pulled a fast one on them, they came out and they did a profile on us in digital. And, uh, you know, that was really fun. It didn't really, uh, it maybe embarrassed a few news stations that thought it was a real story. But uh, overall, it didn't really uh, get in underneath too many, too many people's skin. Uh, but one that, that did kind of get underneath people's skin was, I mean, there's, there's been a ton, but the one that's probably the most publicized happened, uh, I want to say about two weeks ago, um, where we, we have a, you know, we have a very, uh, full, thorough, uh, well, uh, you know, well-stacked team that helps create, uh, content on game nights. So we have a guy that cuts basically any type of, uh, whether it's a GIF or an MP4, uh, during the game. And we all use Slack, so it's real quick and, and basically in real time. And uh, we're playing Memphis, and, and Chandler Parsons shot an air ball. <clears throat> and we've done this tons of times before. Um, most recently, or most notably, with the Clippers last year in our playoff series, uh, DeAndre Jordan shot air balls from the free throw line quite a bit. And, you know, we, we would make a joke about, oh, it's windy in here, or someone left the door open, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> so it was kind of... Uh, it almost was was uh, you know not not even a, a decision to make when so Chandler Parsons shot an air ball and the copy that we put with that was uh, to be fair the NBA three point line is really really far away from the basket and it kind of you know it's funny you got a couple hundred retweets and that's kind of like you know that's in our zone uh, but what happened after the game is Chandler Parsons replied to the tweet and um, you know he said something about us being in the lottery the NBA lottery this year not making not making the playoffs. And, you know, every, you know, the first right away, it was like, oh, you know, Zing, you got the Blazers. But then one of our players jumped in and replied to him, uh, and things got a little personal, and it escalated quite a bit, uh, so much so that, that ESPN, uh, you know, they wrote a little write-up about it, and they had to get a comment from our president. And then this week, uh, it, it got out that the NBA sent a memo to all 30 teams uh, <laughs> telling them basically to, to kind of cool it. So... Uh, those are probably two examples. One that that uh, was maybe done the right way. The other one that was, you know, maybe done the right way, but not perceived the right way. Um, and so that's kind of just a, a glimpse into the, the day of the the digital with the Blazers. That's a, those are both amazing stories, and it's really funny because Rob and I were just talking about that memo that went out, and we were we, we were actually like, hey, where did wonder you know what impact that has, and it's awesome that you guys were really kind of the. <laughs> The escalation behind that. So I guess kudos because all all PR is good PR, but I guess that's that really interesting fine line that can happen on social. Um, 
One of the other things that you mentioned a little earlier that I was curious on is you guys are being innovative on the content side and using 360 video and other stuff. I'm curious for, you know, from your perspective, what are you seeing as, as a win utilizing 360 video and VR as part of your content play? So that, uh, that is a great question. Um, something that I actually spoke with uh, some of our innovation guys with earlier this week. We have it, – it, whenever there's something new and shiny, we are either – you know, if, it, if it's something that we can nail and we find a great use case for it, uh, we jump on it and we try to be the first to do it. Like Instagram stories, when those first came out, everyone was using it like a second Snapchat where it's just kind of raw, shitty footage. Uh, you know, used from your cell phone. But what we wanted to do was, because you could upload content, you know, make it polished and fit specifically for that medium. Uh, and so that's an example of where we jumped on something early and tried to nail it. And now it's kind of, uh, that's kind of the norm with, with uh, sports teams is to kind of have produced content specifically for that. Um, but with 360 video, what, uh, what our guys kind of decided was that we didn't see a great... Uh, use case for it right now. Well, you know, it's kind of the new shiny object. If you look at it on a, on a, on a grand scale, how many people have headsets and how many people are actually going to, um, you know, we spend tens of hours creating a, a great piece of content, you know, how many people are actually going to get to enjoy that? So as of right now, we haven't done a whole lot in VR and 360. We've had a bunch of different vendors come in. Uh, we have footage we have different features i just saw one from a game uh last week where uh, we had a, a company came in came in and and you know they basically did a you know a mini movie in vr for uh, a whole game from start to finish you know behind the scenes and stuff and that was fantastic but that was kind of just them showing us what they could do and the potential so we haven't really we haven't put out a lot of vr or 360 content it does exist when it came out you know we were first one of the first ones to try it but uh, if you go to you know, our app or our YouTube page, there's probably only a couple of examples you'll be able to find. Uh, we're still trying to find that right, uh, you know, the, the, the right fit. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to do, um, but then I'm the content guy, so I think anything can be good content. Uh, so we're still, we're still figuring out the right fit for that. So stay tuned on, on VR from the Trailblazers. Speaking of awesome content, let's talk about my man, Dame Dalla. I love me some hip hop and rap. His flow is ridiculous. Probably the best athlete rapper that is out there. So can you talk about how you guys leverage or amplify that? Because from an authenticity standpoint, as well as connecting with a certain demographic of your audience, uh, what you guys do with Damian Lillard, who, by the way, is also ridiculously good on the court, sort of the... Uh, multiple uh multiple levels type player where he does everything yeah so so dame is uh you know him we knew he was into hip-hop and rap and we have a really good relationship with his agency specifically uh his digital marketer at his agency nate jones and he's kind of the one that that uh you know pushed dame over the over the hump and and got him from the four bar friday to actually doing produced songs to an album uh, but what, you know, the, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to leverage it and, you know, I'll share a couple of examples, but it's also a, it's a double-edged sword, man, because when things 
are going well, it's great to talk about. But when things aren't going well, it's, you know, oh, he's spending too much time in the recording studio and he needs to get in the gym. And uh, that was kind of a big thing this summer that was that was a, a topic uh, amongst fans. But, you know, I've, uh, my, I myself, I'm a huge hip hop fan. I have been my whole life. I try to force myself to listen to other, other music and it just doesn't happen. Uh, so I can connect with Dame on different things. Like, you know, just last week I was asking him what he thought about the new Big Sean album. Uh, I remember being in uh, in Milwaukee with the team and sitting with him. And, and, and you know, it was before his uh, Bigger Than Us single came out that was kind of a big song. And it was in a JBL commercial. Uh, and, and so we've kind of had that connection. And, and you know, he, he knows I appreciate hip-hop. And so I've been able to kind of leverage uh, knowing that the, the demograph of you know, especially so so basketball fans and especially basketball fans on Twitter. If you look at the common interest, that the highest correlation is going to be hip hop music. So there's knowing that maybe not in Portland, there's not a lot of huge there's not a huge uh, base of, of hip hop fans, but at least uh, you know nationwide and country, you know worldwide, you know hip hop and basketball kind of go hand in hand. So whenever he has. Uh, you know, a big single come out or, you know, especially when his album came out, uh, we make sure to cover that really well and, and highlight some of his lyrics, highlight the importance of, uh, you know, different different things that he's saying, his message, the fact that he doesn't swear in his rap, like that is that is tough to do. Um, so we also have, you know, we have a beat writer on our staff that's our digital uh, beat writer and he travels with the team and he's real close with the players and, uh so every time, especially during the summer, he would have every Monday would be like a new music Monday and he would drop a new, uh, you know, a new a new track where he would rap over some famous beat. And, you know, we'd build that up on the content side and that would help us get through the summer and that would help share his brand a little bit. Uh, but, you know, now that he has an album out, you know, just last night we, we created some new content where we did kind of slow-mo walk-ins with the players and dropped some graphics over it. And then we're trying to figure out what music to put under it. And I was like, hey, let's just use that Dame uh, loyal to the soil, uh, you know, instrumental with with Little Wayne in the background because that's probably his most uh, his most uh, recognizable song. So it's it's really a nice luxury to have somebody who is so tapped into hip hop. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said, the double edged sword. We haven't been playing great lately. Uh, we're on the outside looking into the playoffs, and um, you know, last couple of months, Dame has has not been performing as, as people expect him to. So. You know that comes right back and, and kind of uh, you know can come, come back and stab us and say you know let's not focus on, on hip hop let's focus on basketball. Uh, but overall, I would say it's definitely a, a good thing to have somebody who is an established uh, hip hop artist and has connections and now he's, he's formed his own label and uh, it, it's a really a cool thing to, to to have to be able to tap into when the basketball stuff isn't necessarily the the thing we're talking about the most. <laughs> 